I'm still working on it. Yeah, we all need to follow you. What about you, Sassy? I had a big birthday this year. <laughs> very outspoken. Very passionate about the thing. Why do we need this again? I'm trying to understand. It makes no sense to me. But you know, the, yeah. you know once, I'm not a Brit, so I right. can't... Hey guys, it's your girl Basha and welcome to our Ask Basha video podcast. You know, we're just coming back from a much needed hiatus and I can't tell you, I'm rested, I'm ready to go. I'm, I mean, like, you know, I needed a break, but it became evident to me during that break that we needed to come back with a bang and we're coming back with our new happiness series. And today we're discussing how to define happiness. And as usual, I'm joined by some amazing queens. To the top right, we got Dr. Ayana Eastman, a native of Trinidad and Tobago, who believes in the importance of pursuing your dreams. Her career path has included communications and public relations experiences with state and international agencies, such as the United Nations. At present, she's an assistant professor of communication and a single mother to a tenacious 14-year-old girl. An avid writer, she shares her thoughts and, music, and musings on motherhood, singleness, <laughs> dating, and more on her blog, Successful Mom. So go follow her. In her spare time, she hikes mountain trails and plan events, and most of all, she wants us to know she's a woman of God. Oh, we're also joined by, again, Dr. Sadell Ross, Trinidadian American, an anesthesiologist and pain specialist who currently practices palliative medicine. She's also a classically trained vocalist who uses music to care for terminally ill patients. I'm sorry, living with threatening illnesses as well and patients living with threatening illnesses as well. Dr. Ross's podcast, Prescription in Sound, is dedicated to promoting awareness of healing potential of music and is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we also want to welcome back our expert panelists for the all things psycho, like today, <laughs> uh, American Dawn Thompson, MS, LPC, NCC, and one of the leading licensed um, professional counselors in the state of Georgia and a national certified counselor. Dawn graduated with a 4.0 GPA from Mercer University, obtaining a master's of science in community counseling and graduated in the top 10 of her class, summa cum laude, from Spelman College, receiving a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology. Her knowledge is vast. Having more than 15 years of clinical experience in working with children, adolescents, adults from diverse populations, she currently works as the COO and Vice President of Hopeful Change, LLC. She's a psychotherapist in, a group, in her group practice, in a group practice, sorry, and a clinical compliance specialist and behavioral assessment and mental evaluation manager for a local mental health agency. When she's not working hard, um, she's serving in the capacity as, when she's not working hard, sorry, serving in the capacity as therapist, you'll find her serving her family and our surrounding communities. Ladies, welcome. Oh, that's a mouthful, but that's what you get when you invite 
accomplished queens. I make no apologies. My husband was saying to me, why are your interests so long? I said, listen, listen, don't mess with a woman's credibility and, and her worth and what she brings to the table. He's like, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> and that's the reason, that's the reason, because we have to let them know we're not just here to talk. We know what we're talking about. That's right. So welcome. I cannot think of another way to start my happiness series by declaring that after the past year, I finally get it. I'm here. Here we are. I am unapologetic. I'm a savage when it comes to my happiness. You would think that for somebody who wrote the book, that's available on Amazon, 30 Days to Lasting Happiness, you'd think that after writing such a book, like, you know, I've got the remedy. Well, 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 the truth is, I need another version of that book because that book was written before pandemic. Mm -hmm. So within recent months, I've had to revisit my own happiness and address all things I repressed prior to the pandemic. And the first question I had to ask myself, how do I define happiness? I believe that happiness feels differently for different people, but it is the same thing. How do you ladies define happiness? Don Thompson, you are the psycho expert. So I'm starting with you. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Basha. I think, like you just said, happiness is universal, right? So when we go to different company, different countries, and we're in the company of other people, mm -hmm. we can tell whether people are happy or not, right? Yeah. It's kind of something that we see in them. But I always equate my own happiness to peace and to joy. And I always say my peace and my joy are priceless. You cannot pay for it. You cannot take it. It's something that I own and it's mine. And I take it very seriously as you, you've stated for yourself. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Um, how about you, Dr. Siddhar Russ? How would you define happiness? Yeah, so I, I would say that for me, it's, um, it's a, a, a state, an emotional state a psychological state, a spiritual state that comes from being intentional about creating the best possible life that I can create um, day to day, moment to moment. Because there are times when, of course, we may feel a little down, we may feel sad, we may feel upset, but it's about happiness gives me that ability to bounce back, right? So it's really about doing my best day by day, moment by moment, to create and live the best possible life, regardless of the circumstances in which I might find myself, right? So it's about being grateful for what I have and acknowledging the fact that I've been entrusted with gifts and talents and, and amazing things as we all have, right? That, that I can use to better my life and the lives of those around me, in a nutshell. Well said. What about you, Dr. Eastman, Dr. Yana Eastman? I can't wait to hear how you define happiness. So it is similar to what has been said in terms of um, um, Dr. Rossi's happiness is a state, um, the one talking about um, the, the joy, right? Um, the peace and the joy. Um, definitely happiness is a state, right? It's a, it's a, it's a feeling at a particular time, but joy, something that you have that is constant, right? Um, that does not depend on your state or what's happening around you. And to me, in a word, happiness is service. It's 
deference, giving in to people and to, to not thinking of yourself as highly. You know, and, and I must say, this is something that I'm still learning because trust me, when I look like simple thing, day to day scenario, family around, they're frustrating. You wish you would go away. Why do they do the same things over and over again? Like what? But then when they go away and you're by yourself, you're like thinking, huh, um, what do I do now? I wish they were here, right? So, so, so really, you know, to me, happiness is at this point in my life about service, about giving, or just putting myself back and you know, taking me back and putting others before me. Um, I don't know if I agree with you because that has caused me major unhappiness. <laughs> but what I love about this program is that, you know, we're all queens and we, we could agree to disagree without causing a scene. Correct? Absolutely. Correct. Correct. <laughs> but I don't know. But you know, for me, happiness is 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 a state of mind that goes along sometimes with a feeling. So they don't always connect. But I think, as Dr. Russ said, it it being happy allows you be, be, having a happy state of mind allows when your feelings go low, your feelings go low to reconnect you can bounce back and you can pick yourself up because you're a happy person but um i would define happiness for me as doing what i love when i want where i want with who i want whenever i want that's what i define happiness as and because i don't want to go into to what dr eastman said because i'm sure she will continue to you know lay her case down but i wanted to talk about how important happiness is um to living because until you experience happiness you're actually not living and that's what a lot of people don't realize you're alive but you're not living and i remember thinking when i was a young college student doing my first degree i felt that once i was able to graduate and get a big job and make money, I would be happy for the rest of my life. <laughs> How pathetic I was. And so I also thought that, you know, uh, and, and when I realized, because now I'm a woman in these streets for some time, I realized that that is indeed not correct. And I said, shoot, how they robbed us. You know, you pay so much money for university and you leave there with a certificate really very naive not realizing that some of the things that you need the most in our teaching in the classrooms so for the university's professors on the panel can you please tell hey. the deans? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when they, they, in the forest they ask the, the obvious person to watch the wears any monkey drop but why are they always calling me right? um okay uh, yes no, we need universities <laughs> to teach a course on happiness, budgeting, investing, because you cannot assume because you have a big job, it, it means that you know how to invest. And it means that you know how to be happy. Correct. Because when I discovered the things that actually made me unhappy, by the time I discovered it, I realized it had nothing to do with my fancy degrees. And that's all I wanted to say. Mm. Dr. Mm -hmm. Russ, how you feel about that? I agree with you. I mean, I, um, for a long time, I, as a, as a child, you know, in my, my adolescence, early adulthood, I really believed that once I had achieved the MD, mm -hmm. that 
I would be happy that all would be well with my life. There would be no more issues and I would just sail through life. Sail. And, and sail. yeah, just everything would be honky-dory for the rest of my life. I would mm -hmm. feel so accomplished and fulfilled. It would be the greatest ever, right? I would have no need yes. for anything else. It would be perfect. My and beautiful how home and fancy wrong, how wrong, <laughs> how wrong was I? It was, it was, I was actually brought to my knees within three years of, of having completed my training, mm. brought to my knees just in agony because I was so unhappy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and you know, I think society has fed us for a long time this, this, this myth, this, this fable, this untruth that, that the more money you earn, the, the happier you're going to be. <laughs> Absolutely. More money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in every aspect of your life, especially in the ways that really count, like you, you know, your spiritual health, your emotional mm -hmm. well-being, those are the real problems that, that real problem. often come along. Your your background, your upbringing. Oh gosh, so you know, I, uh, so I had to learn that lesson. I had to pull away, and I had to, I, I eventually ended up, you know, in a nutshell, just to summarize, <laughs> I, I was not no longer prepared to sacrifice my happiness for money. I hear that. And so I shifted gears, made some significant changes, earning less money now than I was at that time. But, but my, my happiness and my sense of well-being and my satisfaction with my life is off Top the scale, off the charts. Off the charts. I, I yeah. hear that. And congrats to you, sister, for knowing <laughs> who you are. Annoying. It was it was a struggle. Before before I go to Doctor Eastman because I know she itching there in the forest. <laughs> it was a no, struggle. It comes back to what I said. It's about loving what you do, doing what you love, when you want, where you want, wherever you want, but who you want. Okay. Uh, no question. <laughs> I had to I had to come to that realization. I, I think I should have added for less money. <laughs> Moving right along, Dr. Eastman. Yes, so I agree with some of the stuff that I said. Because you know what? That whole thing about, I get it. You know, reaching to a stage in life where you say, you know, this is how much I'm willing to sell my soul for. Or I'm not willing to sell my soul at all. Right? Um, but then when we do, when we think back in the times in our lives when we have done what we wanted, when we wanted, with who we wanted, and whenever we wanted when we whenever we wanted then that still didn't bring us happiness so there's something else that's still missing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what's the missing link doing what's what you love link? doing what you love because that's where i started when you can do what you love whenever you want wherever you want with who you want anytime you want that's the magic is when you're not doing what you love because you're sabotaging your soul that's that's just my humble opinion so murderers right we're talking about poop, I see it. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, we're talking about happiness. We're talking about purpose, not murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what is, you know, where does this thing that we call happiness, that we, the elusive happiness that we're searching for? And when we look at all these superstars who have the money, right? And we assume their lives are perfect because they look real good on camera, or they look real good on TikTok and, and Instagram and, um, I know, I know I, I stepping on your toes here, but I know I'm not talking about you, but I talk, you, you know. Step, you step, you step, and while you're at it, tell them it's an act by Powell. <laughs> but, right, so it, it's just this facade, right? So, yeah. so what is it? 
what is it that really makes yes. us happy? Yes. So right? what uh, is it? And well, how do we get there? So perhaps our expert, yes. the, the, one, who, who happens to be one of the leading leading therapists, I'm told, I haven't been to her yet, but who happens to be one of the leading therapists in the state of Georgia, maybe she's figured out the science and, and she can take us to school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'll do my best. But <laughs> let's talk about a few of the things that you guys have already touched on, because I think it's very important. Um, happiness is electrifying, but it's also elusive, right? Like mm -hmm. Ayana just said, it's very, mm -hmm. very elusive. So with that thought, that's letting us know that happiness is fleeting, you know, if you will. And when you're talking about money and you're talking about happiness and trying mm -hmm. to equate the two, um, seeing if there's some type of correlation between them, you know, you really have to think about the, the, the three things that come with happiness. You, and Tasha, you had already said one of them and one of them is purpose. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about passion and we're talking about pleasure. So when we're talking about happiness, those three things are things that we kind of overall look at what is happiness and how is it relating to those three P's, right? So when we're talking about work, we're, we're asking ourselves, does this fulfill our pleasure? Is this something that we enjoy doing? Is this something that we like doing every single day? Is it something that keeps us, keeps us fulfilled in that way? Mm -hmm. Is it purposeful? Is this something that I'm getting something out of? Is this something that is feeding me spiritually, emotionally, physically, mentally? All of those things are so important. Um, and then the, the last one is talking about your passion. Passion is something that is so important when, when we're talking about happiness, because if you are not passionate about something, it will fall to the wayside just like anything else, right? And as Sadell mentioned earlier on, um, intentionality is probably the most important thing when you are talking about happiness. You have to be intentional when you're talking about happiness because it is a choice. It is not something that you just wake up with every day and you jump out of bed and you say, today is a great day and I'm happy today. <laughs> It doesn't work like that, right? You know, we all have many a days when we wake up and it's like, oh gosh, it's Monday, you know, or, oh gosh, I just want to get to the weekend. So we have to be intentional about the things that we choose to do each and every day. And one of those things is about choosing happiness, choosing joy, choosing to put ourselves in that space to be able to receive those things back from other people. I hear that. Um, I have to say that I, from where I sit, I, and I agree with all that you're saying, you know, even my dear friend, Dr. Eastman at the chop, who I'm still leaving in the jungle. But I agree with everything you say. You, you, you know, you're talking facts. You're all talking facts. It just feels differently to all of us, but it's really the same thing, right? I, I arrived at a place in my life where I just decided, because I also think it's a decision. So you, you can get up and not invoke this happiness, like the Holy Spirit, but you can take a decision that, you know what? Enough is enough. Absolutely. I need to be happy. And and I remember saying this to myself. And, and it's, a, it's an ongoing discussion. You know, you can have a good year and then the COVID comes. For and, sure. and then you have to remind yourself who you are. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a savage when it comes to my happiness. Because as I like to describe myself, I'm grown and sexy. And I do not require permission from anyone to be happy. So I now have to take a decision whether I'll get there in two days or five is a different story but i have to take a decision to be happy and to be brutally honest with myself and and you know before you can talk about how to define happiness you for yourself you also have to talk about 
be honest with yourself, brutally honest and say, am I happy? Absolutely. Because you have to know what you're treating, right? So this is how I see it. And I'm like, I had to take that decision. And when, when you can honestly address the what and the who, it's almost like experiencing a psychological orgasm. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Professor. So that's our our new little catchphrase about. It's like experiencing appeal because you you cannot find happiness unless you are in tune to what makes you happy. I don't know if you feel me, but um Dr. Sedal Russ. Are you yes, yes, in tune in what makes your soul happy? And are you pursuing your happiness daily? There's no question. As a non-question. That is not even, there's not even a question. Okay. You know, I, I, as I said, back then in whatever, when was that? 2011, 2012, when I just broke down and, and had to do some serious soul searching. I had to be brutally honest with myself to use your own expression uh, and, and to figure out what, what mattered most to me. What are, what are the things that give my life a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose? What are the things that I've always enjoyed? What are the things as a child that often gave me meaning or you know, brought joy to my life? Mm-hmm. And I, um, and one of those things was, um, one of those things was singing music. Anybody who knows me knows, would, would know that. Mm-hmm. And I made the, the, the decision to start practicing medicine in a way that mattered to me, mm-hmm. in a way that mattered to me. I didn't care about anybody else. I didn't care about the fact that I wasn't, I eventually learned not to care about the fact that I didn't have a, mm-hmm. a degree in the performing arts. Mm-hmm. This was my, this was my God-given gift. Can you and please this just what... define the way you're talking about? You said you, you you started to do it in a way that matters to you. Can you yes. enlighten our viewers? Sure. Yeah. In a way, so I, as a physician, I had to think about a way that I could incorporate music into the care of my patients. How could I, how could I deliver music? How could I offer music to my patients? And I said, you know what? The simplest way to do this is to sing at the bedside. That's nice. how I started. And I created the... <laughs> how about a round of applause? No, that's ingenious. That's, that's ingenious. I mean, it, it is. requires bravery and, and autism. Oh my gosh, and authenticity and, yeah. and everything else. Because I struggled with that too. I, I remember thinking again in my own self-sabotaging way, oh my God, who's gonna take me seriously as a, as a singer, as a vocalist? Nobody's gonna care. But this was all, you know, the negative self-chatter that mm-hmm. tends to, you know, pervade our brains mm-hmm. uh, to hold us back from living this full and meaningful life. Yeah. So I had to move beyond that. And, and once I made that step, I took that leap of faith. It, mm-hmm. it made all the difference. Mm-hmm. So the bedside singing led to uh, concerts, which let's, led to... Let's, let's talk about that event that's coming up, that huge <laughs> event. Which led to auditions and, and competitions, which will lead to Carnegie Hall, a Carnegie Yay! Hall performance. Awesome. <laughs> and it continues, and it will continue because it, it has to continue. It has to not only feed me, but feed those around me and, and, and lead to the greater good. So this, it's only just begun, folks. Because you're doing what you love. Because you're doing what you love. Yeah. You're feeding mm-hmm. your soul. 
Yes. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Be before yeah. I move on, anybody has anything that they want to add to that? I guess not. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was deep. That was, that was deep. I mean, who can yeah. that? I mean, I mean, it really just didn't seem that deep to me. And for again, a long time, I was just you know playing, downplaying, and discrediting. Yeah. Um, myself and my talents and my abilities. Hmm. Coming but from now, a, a medical doctor. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, <laughs> nobody is exempt. You nobody just have to be intentional exempt. about the life that you want to create. And I think you have to intentionally surround yourself with people who are genuine about your happiness and who yeah. are happy themselves. That's because, part of the process also. Be, because as, as women, we don't know, especially women of color. I mean, sometimes I say this and I don't want my, my other sisters um, on the lighter hue, but it, you know, to think that I'm exempting anybody, I'm not. It's just that my experience is unique to to my persona, and we we we've been taught to discredit our achievements. Mm -hmm. I don't. I, I have not met a sister who feels that what she's done is enough. <laughs> she could have like four doctorates. Mm. I just have not met a sister. All of you all here who's so accomplished, right? We've all we collectively, we, we, we have more degrees than what's outside <laughs> now, right now, you know, but any one of us, you have to force us into the submission of admitting that you've done enough. Yeah. So, so can I just say something here? So, um, so my father said something the other day, which I thought was interesting. He said, you know, I'm one of the few persons he knows who, he, who uses almost all their talents at the same time. <laughs> Right. And I thought that was a huge compliment coming from your dad, coming from my dad. That was, amazing. you know, and, you know, I just never thought about it. Mm -hmm. And think about it here for all of us here as women and, and back to what Basha said, you know, sometimes we think that if we use those talents and abilities that we're going to maybe like make someone else feel bad mm -hmm. or um, you might think that, you know, maybe it might be good enough. Yeah, you know, that's mention. But really and truly, if you know, everyone has different talents. Mm -hmm. So it, it just so happens that you have if someone else has one, you have ten, or we have ten. But because we're using all ten, doesn't mean that we are better than anyone else. It just means that we're using the talents that God gives us and we are still able to function and be mm -hmm. happy and be in a good place. And I really want to acknowledge, you know, what Sadell is doing, what Dawn is doing, what Basha is doing, just using all of your talents, not hiding it, yeah. but using it in a way that brings you joy. You brings know, you it, sorry to cut you, but it'll be, it, 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 you know, I have to say this as we move on to the other side of our topic, but I don't know. I've written something on this. It's like we all came from different um religious backgrounds or spiritual backgrounds however you choose to address it and but but but, but as women we seem to have read the same bible you know i have a friend from trinidad many years ago i haven't seen her in years and she likes to say you know i have to small up myself right and it's a, it's a slang but it means it, yeah. it says what it is why should women which is why i read those intros at the top of our podcast mm -hmm. why should women feel the need to small up themselves right, right. yeah and to be grammatically correct, to reduce themselves 
to to make somebody else feel if you have to small up yourself to make another person feel good you need to leave that environment that's right correct yeah. mind you you should be humble enough in your elevated state to help others up but if they are so threatened by you you're hanging around the wrong people that's right correct you know my aha moment came during the pandemic when um my aha moment during the pandemic was when i acknowledged during my therapy as i told you all i had to seek therapy during that time that i had i never had anyone show up for me emotionally prior to meeting my husband that was an aha moment you're like but you're a grown woman you know realize i never had the time to think about the fact that all of my life prior to that no one showed up so in in other words i realized that i was coming up short i was giving the people who meant the most to me and I'm, this is connected to happiness in other words i wasn't happy and 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 with that feeling and with with with, with being someone on the unhappiness spectrum and not knowing it i was drained um about everything and anyone and everyone um issues happening outside my home i was drained by everything and everyone and i was bringing the issues inside my home to the people who loved me the most and who were making me the happiest and because i was not accustomed to happiness i just didn't even know that that was going on with me. there are a lot of people they don't realize what's going on with them and even if happiness is staring them in their face they can't recognize it That's right. because they have never felt it. Mm. You know, um, that realization made me sad. I never felt emotional security in my life before I met my husband. And I said to myself at the time, I'm like, but this person deserves, this person is bringing everything to me. What am I bringing emotionally? And this person deserves my best. And I had to re, and he didn't even know that that, that was a self-talk going on in my head because he, in his own wisdom, he never said to me, hey, you know what? You're not bringing this, you're not doing that. Are you happy? No, he don't, he don't use those words, right? It was me being honest, brutally honest with myself, trying to find my way back to happiness saying something doesn't feel right here and i couldn't put the term together until i went to therapy that i never had an emotional blanket so it's a it's 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 a it's stopped me from being truly happy in my life until i came to that realization and went after it my my question is did any of you experience an aha moment when it you know with regards to happiness specifically during the pandemic and oh am i the only one hmm. let's go with dr eastman and then we go to no actually let's go with downtown sir I, to be totally honest, I, you know, uh, Basha, I have a similar experience to you um, in referencing the emotional blanket, right? Um, I had a, a bad case of being a people pleaser in my life, right? And that was something that was a chronic issue that I had. Um, and I didn't really know that I was a people pleaser until I matured in life, you know, like you guys were speaking of previously, how we think that we 
fulfill all these accomplishments in life and get degrees and get homes and buy new cars. And we have all of these possessions, right? And it it makes us feel like we've done something. Well, when in reality, nothing of those possessions fulfill your happiness inside. So um, I was doing a lot of people pleasing in my life and, and, and a lot in my younger years. And when I met my husband, I started to see people and see things differently because when it's you and you're in it, you don't see what's going on around you, right? Because yeah. it's you, you know, you, yeah. you kind of have the um, the blockade of covering you from seeing what other people see. Mm -hmm. So I would have to agree with you in that respect that those were some things that I had to realize for myself and to start putting myself first in, in ways that people didn't necessarily like. Um, people were kind of cut off. Mm -hmm. um, I made decisions in my life that you were not bringing me happiness. I realized that you were bringing more anger and more frustration in um, not showing up as your best self to the table. And when mm -hmm. people don't show up as, as their best self, it makes it very difficult to create sound and trusting relationships. And it's important mm -hmm. to have trusting relationships when you're being vulnerable about these things that you're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis, right? We want to make sure that we're able to trust our inner circle of people. And I've realized as I've gotten older that my circle is very, very small. It's very, very, very small. And that's purposeful. I do that on purpose and with intent because I realize I don't need the extras. I don't need the extra friends. I don't need the extra commentary. I don't need the extra two cents. Mm -hmm. You know, I can do what I need to do and get that fulfilled yeah. with my small circle of people. Yeah. Um, but to focus on the actual pandemic, I think it kind of just brought me back to a place of realizing what was important. Um, you know, everything was so fast paced and just go, go, go all the time. So it allowed me more time with my kids, more time with my husband. It allowed me to kind of recenter and refocus kind of the direction that I wanted to go in life. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, there were some things that occurred during the pandemic that I would say that kind of jolted me in a different direction concerning happiness and what was fulfilling at that point in time. Yeah. I, just a follow up for you because you are the expert at this and in your, you know, in your practice as a leading therapist in the state of Georgia, would you say that this, the source of most mental dysfunction we experience as human beings, um, is as a result of not feeling loved and accepted? Absolutely. I mean, I think we are having a, a, a huge increase, not I think, but we have had a huge increase in suicidal ideations and suicide attempts um, and actual commits of suicide um, since the pandemic has occurred. So um, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I think it goes without saying that um, depression and anxiety increased at, at, at the onset of the pandemic for several reasons um, that had started because of the pandemic that people weren't necessarily dealing with those stressors before the pandemic started. So absolutely, I think love and love and acceptance is something that we all need. It's something that we all desire. It's something that we all want fulfilled. We all want to feel like we belong to somebody and something. Um, it's just a natural tendency. It's a natural feeling that we have. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, in, in, in a short answer, absolutely to answer your question, I, I do feel so. Okay. Um, Dr. Eastman, to answer the question at hand, would you, did, did you have an aha moment with regards to your happiness, with, with regards to where you see happiness during the pandemic? 
Oh yeah, I, I think the the pandemic allowed me to recenter, mm-hmm. refocus, and reminded me that we don't need much in life other than the people we love and the basics: food, air, water. Mm-hmm. Right? Because <laughs> you realize every time you leave the house, you spend money. Yeah. And the pandemic, I mean, like, you just yeah. had the money didn't matter because you didn't have to spend it because you couldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. All you had to do was spend time with your family, find things for them to eat. Mm-hmm. And even during that process, whatever you ate was great mm-hmm. because you were with them. Mm-hmm. So I think it allowed me at least to shed the things that were unwanted and unnecessary in my life. Yeah. And really allowed me to let go of some things I've been holding on to, especially spiritual struggles, things that you may have been that I was, you know, maybe holding on to and praying for and wanting my life to go a particular way. And, you know, God was saying something else. Yeah. So, so the pandemic kind of, it was, we would say this catastrophe that happened, but God knows that for each and every person alive. And, and I know we lost a lot of lives during the pandemic. Yeah. That there was a purpose and a reason. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely see life differently. Um, it caused me during that time, I, I literally moved from Connecticut to Tennessee. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Something I would have never considered. Wow. You know, yeah. but sure. because, right. So, you know, life, you just saw what was important and what was not. All right. I got that. Dr. Ross, what? as a medical doctor, have you seen a correlation between happiness and the health of your patients a direct correlation um i don't know if you have to measure that yeah yeah, so yes um well let me just put something into context i mean i take care of very sick people right hospice and palliative medicine is essentially Mm -hmm. caring for people who are living with chronic life-threatening illnesses yeah and i mean can i clarify my question therefore since you've said that so maybe you may not have the opportunity, but I'm hoping that you may, with a few, to hear about what their life has been like. With all of them. (laughs) Right. So that's the correlation that I'm trying to determine. So with all of them, I mean, that's a big part of my assessment of my patients. When I meet them for the very first time, one of the things that I, that we talk about is what has always been a great source of meaning and, and what has brought purpose and joy to their lives. So that even though they may be living with a life threatening illness, cancer, heart failure, lung disease. I found that the, the patients who are able to identify the things that have brought meaning and purpose to their lives mm-hmm. still have a better quality of life mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. spite of the circumstance mm-hmm. than, than, than those patients who have lived a life that in which they have not or had not had a for whatever reason, the opportunity to identify the things mm-hmm. that they truly enjoy and that they are passionate about and, and give their lives a sense of meaning and purpose. Yeah. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, I believe, I mean, as I said, not, not simply because I'm the author of a book on happiness, but I wrote that book after being diagnosed with breast cancer and acknowledging that there was so much pain that I carried and I needed to detox and, and find mm-hmm. happiness prior to taking chemotherapy and so on. And I believe that there's no, there's nothing sexier in a man or a woman than a happy man and a happy woman. Like okay. you can, you can have the sexiest person alive, but the 
worst personality. They're so unhappy mm -hmm. and they're going to become a burden. After a while, you're going to just mm -hmm. see them as ugly, you know? Yep. And to me, my marriage is always popping when my mommy and papi pop, popping inside of here because, you know, everybody's getting along. I mean, and not that we don't get along, but one of us might be experiencing unhappiness and it just don't feel the same. But mm -hmm. if everybody's happy, you can have put a marriage aside, you can have a friend, a friendship, you know, your, your best friend. And when everybody's happy, it's an energy like no other. Yes. You feel me? Absolutely. So to me, happiness is everything. I recently developed, and I wanted to share this with you ladies, um, a happiness firewall. I was forced to do it, but um, you know those firewalls that block? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they had one, that gas tank company in Texas would not have had hackers. Hacking, yeah. So I'm like, newsflash, nobody is allowed to hack my happiness. Tell everybody, okay? And this is my firewall list. No, I'm serious because you're gonna survive in these streets. If you don't do that, you know, this is why at the top of the of the of the podcast, I didn't exactly um agree with what Dr. Eastman said about opening yourself and because that didn't work for me. And our 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 expert therapist on our panel, Dawn Thompson, touched on it where she had to cut back because you can't open yourself to everybody. My happiness comes from opening myself to the people that brings me happiness as well because birds of a feather flock together in my day yeah and, and and unhappiness is contagious so now okay. i've had to and i learned some experience you know not that i'm trying to cross dr eastman today but but i learned from experience right <laughs> being in the jungle right so <laughs> no but seriously so i developed this happiness firewall and if i have to maintain happiness to maintain good health i would have to enforce some boundaries so these are my these are this you know before we close up i want to talk about this really important because it might help somebody i have this list don't call me to tell me anything negative that's my new list for 2021 <laughs> and beyond and i mean somebody's dying is not negative that's sad but don't call me to bring me down call me to bring me up because i'm bringing you up too right so once you're calling me don't want me to tell me negative nonsense, right? I have no time to argue with anyone. If it affects my anxiety levels, once you're confrontational, it's a wrap. I'll talk to you next 20 weeks. This is also another important thing to me. As a busy wife, mom, and entrepreneur, I need to make time to do something for me. So with the support of Dr. Russ, I've started to play golf. <laughs> oh, wow. We are there on those greens. I'm That's out right. there on those greens. You know, if you want to catch me outside, <laughs> because I needed, I, I just realized when I was writing my fire loss, my firewall and my happiness list, that I wasn't doing anything for me. I was doing mm -hmm. for everybody. I, mm -hmm. Dr. Eastman, I was of service to everybody except yeah. me. So I was like, How, what am I going to do about this? And I started doing that. And you know what was interesting? Because I've always loved golf. I just don't like the sun. I played one time in Barbados with my husband, and I suck at it, and I still suck at it. <laughs> but, but that's not the issue. But that's not, I'm, I'm not going there to be Tiger Wolf or Tigress Wolf. I'm out there. You see, Don Townsend, when I'm, when I'm on that ball, when I'm focusing on that ball, everything disappears. That's right. <laughs> All I want to do is hit that ball. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. I'm like, 
Why nobody didn't tell me? My, I have my girlfriend Kim who always say, you need to do this, you need to pick. And I'm like, oh, I don't like his son. Yo. I forgot about his son when I'm trying to hit that ball. <laughs> and you can protect yourself from his son. His son is yeah. a small thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and I suck at golf. But you know, so, so for me, I had to establish my firewall and my advice to everybody, because you know, different things make us tick. Is I became someone who, in, in, in running for my own unhappiness, I was, I, everybody became a project. And, and, and before you know, you're helping everybody and I'm out there buying happiness and, and trying to make people happy who could never be happy because they don't even know how to define it. So firewall up, no hackers allowed. Don't call me, I'll call you, I'm on the golf course. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and I'm, I'm, I might sound like I'm, I'm laughing, but I'm serious because happiness in the workplace is also another story. And I think Dr. Russ touched on that because she chose the happiness and left the huge pay packet behind. Yeah. You know, what do you do you think that happiness is more important than money in the workplace, Dr. Eastman? Oh, definitely not. I'm I'm a teacher, right? So no, obviously not. Right. <laughs> I know that the students seem to think professors make the big bucks, but it depends <laughs> on which school you're at and so on. So definitely not. No. <laughs> um, I love teaching. Yeah. I love being among students. I love to see just the light in a student's eye. And it's not just about what I teach them, but just yeah. even the reasoning process. And I tell them all the time, the students who do best in, in the class are not the brightest, okay. are not the, um, the brightest students, right? They're not the brightest. They're the ones who follow the rules and mm -hmm. who follow the guidelines and the syllabus. Mm -hmm. What I would love to teach you is how to reason from point A to B to C to D. Mm -hmm. That's what I would love. And granted, mm -hmm. there's some students who think like A to Z to P to F, right? There's some of those. Right. And I'm actually a lateral thinker, so I understand where that comes from. Um, but I love my job. Mm -hmm. So it's about the happiness for you, not the money. Is that, no. right. yeah. Definitely not the money. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's not the money because they can't pay. They can't oh, pay me enough to sit down here and talk to all you queens. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't pay me enough for this. Like, mm -hmm. like zero dollars. You know? So, you know, um, So that's nice yeah but but it's i mean i i feel i feel you dr eastman i was <laughs> it was really a blow it, it was know. a blow to me it was a blow mm -hmm. when i when i made when mm -hmm. i had to when i realized that oh my gosh this i i didn't have this in perspective at all i didn't no. have it, it was, no, no nobody uh -huh. taught it in a classroom so professor no. talk to yeah. you <laughs> um this is what i love about this podcast we're global we, we get to sit here queens and just pull up and from different parts of the world and talk about whatever we need to, to, to discuss that wasn't taught us things that we didn't think mattered, but they matter now, you know, the world is changing. And I just like to tell everybody before we wrap up where my queens are at Dr. Ayanna Eastman, where you at? So I am in Tennessee down South. So most people, when you think of Tennessee, they think there's no people of color there, but no, actually, um there are a lot of people chattanooga is one of the most diverse cities in the united states mm -hmm. and so far so good it's definitely a, a mind-opening experience for me it's a beautiful state oh, and nice. has been there um yes. at some point as well yeah so, i definitely from the northeast 
the quote unquote mm-hmm. liberal to the more mm-hmm. welcome to the south yeah. welcome mm-hmm. to the south yeah, yeah. so I, i'm really looking forward to it because i think this is the only way for me to grow i mean god allowed me to be there in the north for a time and now i'm here and i know he has a plan well yes ma'am welcome to the south <laughs> and what about you don thompson where you at tell the people i'm in georgia georgia peach <laughs> georgia peach yeah that's and right where you at, Dr. Ross? So I am in the Garden State, the state ah, of New Jersey. Jersey girl. Nice and green and lush, especially these days. I'm just outside of, 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 the, emp- of, the, of the Empire State of mm. Manhattan, NYC, right? Aye, so we're aye. just across the bridge, and oh. NYC is back. Let me tell wow. you all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to go to New York City. I never thought I would say this.
food supplies. We can create, you know, food chains. We can create these these um opportunities to make mm -hmm. food, healthy food available for people mm -hmm. in our communities. That's you right. know, and everybody can that. get involved. I hear that. Okay, well, I, I, you know, I'm not so so um so serious like you ladies today. I'm, I'm, I, I am sounded off on the Kardashians leaving television. It's sad, it's sad. I've been, <laughs> I've been with the, I've been riding with the Kardashians for. I know it's true. I guess day one. I'm like, I'm like day one. I, I, I've been to all their faces. All their mm -hmm. bodies, mm -hmm. all their guys, all their husbands. Oh. I've been a loyalist, you know. So it was, it was like the closing of a curtain, the, the closing of an era. Um, their final um, episode was last. Well, you know they're coming back, right? But their mm -hmm. final episode was last Thursday, and it was, it was, it was a little bittersweet. And I guess it was bittersweet for Kanye too because he stopped following every one of them on, after. <laughs> Oh, after wow. the episode, wow. after his birthday, after the announcement, you go. Anyway, this is you know, you know, girls gotta watch her little reality to 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 relax and 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 find happiness, you know. Anyways, on a serious note, I would like everybody to follow all our commentators on IG. Dr. Eastman is a successful mom, mm -hmm. and you can find all of their links in the body of the article associated with this podcast and bash blog. And Dr. Sarah Ross is at Sarah Ross MD, as well as the same tag for her for her website. All of that is in this article. And Dawn Townsend is at Hope for Change. Or oh, Hopeful Change. Help me. Help me. Sorry, sorry. Change hopeful. Change hopeful. Oh, yes. See, I'm watching too much reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's backwards. So change hopeful. But it's not backwards. It's 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 very correct in our article. So you can go into the article associated with this podcast to follow these queens, drop in their facts. And today, you know, we've gone over time, but I just want to say thank you. This is what happens when we come together to spit facts. It's it's all we always have a good time and we go over time. So I wish I could chat more with you ladies, but all good things have to come to an end. And this is the reason we created this podcast. As women, we have an obligation to lift each other up instead of we being taught to, to treat each other badly. And we're not doing that anymore. So take care of your pain so you can prioritize your happiness. I've never seen a happy person in pain. When you are maintaining happiness, you are truly living. It's, the one thing to, it's one thing to be alive and it's another thing to be living. Remember to be careful what you say about each other because it takes one to know one. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. It's your girl, Basha. Until next time, we're continuing with happiness. See you next week. Bye. Ciao.